We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are back. It is episode number 107 of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. KB and Dom coming at you live from Underground Studios. As always, show brought to you by our friends at DesignTree, dsgntree.com. Search Outside the Box. Get all of your merch to rep during NLL season. And guys, PLL's rolling out. All these cities, they just announced another one that we're going to get into later in the show. Yeah, Get ready for your tour yeah. this summer. Rock all of your OTB merch, rep your favorite squad and pod all season long. Use the promo code DSGN5 Get that merch for $5 off at checkout. Or if you want to save a little bit more money and maybe, you know, book a ticket for a PLL weekend, go to an NLL game, use the promo code DSGN10. For $10 off the checkout. Can't stack them, but you can use both. Shout out to our boys at Design Tree. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I got to get off Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we're going to recap this past weekend's NLL action. Like I said, we're going to talk about uh, the PLL's new tour stop that they announced today. Brand new city that they've never been to. The Riptide signed friend and listener of the show connor farrell we're going to talk about that decision and uh we also we're back on the canada top 250 chart on apple podcasts what a shout out to you guys we were ahead of mixtape which is wild because they're one of the most popular basketball podcasts you know on the planet and to be ahead of them on a chart is pretty wild uh we peaked at 147 this past week we're at 226, and unfortunately, have dropped off since because we haven't put out a new episode yet. But sorry, shout out to you guys for. Uh, sorry, that's my fault. No, it just hasn't <laughs> gone up yet. Once it gets up there, we'll be right back on the chart. Um, shout um, out to you guys though for for listening to the show and and pumping the numbers and yeah. making us look good. Uh, before we get started, um, so we're higher than mixtape. I follow the guys that do mixtape. But I don't follow mixtape or listen to the podcast. Does that make me a bad like podcast person? Like, cause I don't I'm, think so. Because I'm not like following like common courtesy of like podcast rule, like those unwritten laws kind of deal. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, I follow you. You do a podcast, but I don't listen to it. Does that make me a bad like podcaster? Because oh. I'm not following the same rules. Because I would like them to follow me and listen to my podcast. You know, know what I'm saying? I, I get what you're saying, but it's also like you're following them for their personal content is how I kind of see it, too. Mm-hmm. I, like I you like what they I put like out. Tweets. Right. Like you like what they put out on their personal feeds and the, on their accounts. But and, some of that stuff is basketball, and I agree right. with it when I read it. 
so it's like, wouldn't I want to listen to it? I'm just not a podcast. Yeah. Like, it's weird. It's really weird. Same. I do podcasts, but I'm not a fan of listening to podcasts. That's fair. There's very few that I listen to. It's it's really weird. I'm yeah, very, I only, I'm I only very have picky. a couple. I only have a couple. But it's the like weir- the weirder part is, this is probably like malpractice. I don't listen to our show. Neither do I. I can't listen to my own voice. How shitty is that of me? <laughs> <laughs> like when I stop doing the main pod, like I don't tune in. It's so bad. I can't listen to my own voice. Yeah, like it it freaks me out. Like while I'm driving, like and I hear myself talking. Dude, some of my students... It bugs me out. Some of my students found my uh, Twitch. Uh-huh. So, like, today, they like, saw the, one of the, them... saw the controller smash? Yeah, they saw that. <laughs> nice. They, uh, one of my students uh, brought it up in class today. He was like, I'm trying to get your views up. And I'm hearing my voice. I'm just like, turn that off! I'm trying to get your views <laughs> no. up. <laughs> no! I was like, dude, my views, this ain't YouTube. Like, my past streams are my past streams. I need it live. Now. Not, not then. Now. <laughs> but, um... That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't listen to sports podcasts. There's very few I listen to. Like, I'm very picky. Uh, shout out to those of you who I'm about to name drop right now. But, like, I listen to Joe Sanagato and uh, Danny Priori. I listen. It's called. Uh, I haven't listened to it in a while. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> um, uh, the Basement Yard podcast. Okay. And then uh, Trevor Wallace's Stiff Socks podcast I listen to, listen to as well. I just I like listening to podcasts for funny conversation. Yeah. I don't want to listen to. You know who you should listen to then? The homie Diggs. Uh, the Shack Pod? That's right. He started a hilarious. Yeah, he started one. I got to listen to that. Him and Rudy are hilarious. Yeah, we have to get back into lacrosse too. Shout out Diggs. Does, Diggs uh, needs to come on the damn OTB. Yeah, yeah, yeah what up? I got to hit you up on Twitter. We got to talk. Let's go. Yeah, you, We can all talk to him. Like We we have the capability. We have technology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've had technology our entire lives, Kyle. <laughs> I was quoting SpongeBob. Oh yeah, <laughs> the episode where Patrick just smashes yeah, the computer. Stop, dude. I'm I'm a big SpongeBob fan, and I didn't catch that. That's <laughs> shameful. That's shameful. Let's dive into the action from this past weekend, Dom. I was at this game. It was painful because it was obvious the Wings were the better team on the floor, but the Georgia Swarm come away with a big 12-11 win in divisional play and uh, give the Wings their first home loss of the season. Trevor Baptiste absolutely dominated. The Georgia Swarm at the face-off, 24 of 28. They expected that. To get his 500th career face-off win. 24 of 28. He has 500 career face-off wins and has not played two full seasons. Who's absolutely that? insane. That I got to look at the Georgia. Jordan McIntosh and uh, Mr. Sellers, you got absolutely bodied. <laughs> well, you got Jackson with three goals and four assists. Shane Jackson was typical Shane Jackson. Randy Stotts. Randy Three Stutz. goals. We're going to get into Randy Stotts, too, from this game. Jordan Hall had his homecoming and, uh, you know. Got him, had himself a day. Had himself a day. Had himself a day. Lyle Thompson played facilitator mostly in this game. Miles, too. So and, so the Thompson brothers really didn't, I don't want to say, like, didn't prove me wrong because Lyle still got five mm-hmm. assists and a point. So, you know, you look at. Rambo had himself a day. Rambo had one hell of a game. Crowley always has himself a day. Courier had a hattie. Matisse had one goal. There's a problem. Right? See, I'll I'll give you the synopsis there because I texted you during the game probably like second quarter because I was confused. I was like, where the hell is Brett Hickey at? 
Yeah. Like, he Ooh, wasn't in he the lineup play. card. So, Brett had his actual day job on Friday. Uh, he and Dan Craig from Toronto nice. worked for the same company and both had a, a conference this past weekend and that could not play in their sucks. respective games. So, if Brett Hickey plays in this game, it's a totally different outcome, in I my agree. opinion. Because Brett's putting up at least four goals. I agree. Yeah. So the offense had to get kind of tweaked a little right. bit, and Kyle was playing more forward than he was transition. Go back up to the power play. Fairly even. Mm-hmm. Here, here's here's where it's at. Look at how many Philly penalties there are. Here's where it's at. Look at how many. The Wings scored Georgia one are. goal on a seven-minute power play. Because Randy Stotts decided to sucker punch Liam Patton dead in the face out of nowhere. This was a I don't know if you saw said sucker punch, but I will pull it up for you as we continue this lovely conversation. Some Um, some lacrosse fan I am, right? I don't watch the game. It was, dude, it was nasty. Uh, uh, this, This looked like a fun game to watch in the first half. The first half was very dynamic. The 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 wings were also losing by yes. three at half. The second quarter was very generous to the Georgia Swarm. Um, I see that. Uh, Georgia went on some runs. That's yeah. Looking at the score, Philly never linked more than like two goals, two, in a row. two three goals at the in the third into the fourth. But, like, that's it. Georgia's linking four goals together in that second quarter, back-to-back-to-back-to-back, all that kind of stuff. That makes a difference. Georgia was just constantly rolling from the start. Oh, what the? Square in the face. And here's the kicker. Come on, dog. Liam Patton got a two-minute roughing penalty in this scenario. He didn't do He didn't do anything. Did he do anything beforehand? No. This was just they were up here. And Randy said, boom. And he got the penalty. Randy got two two-minute penalties and a five-minute major. And then Liam got a two-minute minor for roughing. So then it canceled one of Randy's penalties out. And the Wings had a seven-minute power play and only scored one goal on said power play. That's a problem. After we were talking so much about how, how it looked good their power play was looking. Then again, Hickey is not on yes. playing, and he is a big part of that power play. Um, they neutralized Corey Vitarelli a lot. When you... When you lose one of your crease threats, mm-hmm. you can neutralize the other. Rambo's up top now. He's not down low, so that, you know. You and Rambo him. is balling in this game. Yeah, he's balling. He's a, you can see he's become a facilitator. He's always, it always seems, except for a, a couple games that mm-hmm. we've looked at, he always seems to have more assists than he has goals. I like seeing that, though, right? Because there's enough weapons on this team where he can do that. Exactly. Like, same thing with, like, Big Cat had three assists. He had more assists than he had I thought goals. Kev was going to get in his first fight in this game, too. Kevin Crowley has never been in a fight in his NLL career. Hasn't he been in the league for... Since 2011. He's been in the league for nine years. Has not been in a single fight. I thought it was going to happen. Thought it was going to happen. You know what's weird? I've seen more fights this season than I have, like, watching the NLL for, like, the past few years. It's wild. It's getting hype. They're doing it for the brand. I like it. Cop your ding ding shirts I on like our design it. tree storefront. <laughs> Shameless plug there, Kyle. <laughs> um, um, it it just wasn't their day. No. Right? Um, Georgia decides to pop off. They be, decide to move the ball well, and they have a big first half, and that's what kind of kept them ahead. 
It was weird right. seeing Zach Higgins struggle. Yeah. That second quarter was so uncharacteristic of his season so far. Mm-hmm. And then the second half, he only allows two goals the entire half. It, exactly, right? He has a he off first half. and... Yeah, and Philly's just trying to stay with it, right? A three-goal game is nothing, right? You're still in the game. And then... But you, a three-goal lead in this game early on felt like a six-goal lead for Georgia. Yeah. The way that the Wings were playing in the first mm-hmm. half. Then they came out and kind of adjusted, but it, that third very, quarter very only getting third one quarter, goal yeah. kind of crushed them. Well, the Wings won both quarters, but yeah. they only won them by one. It doesn't help, doesn't right? doesn't help when so somebody you're playing goes 6-4 catch- You're literally you. playing catch-up the entire game. That's rough, especially when you're running the face-off. You, okay, you, you had a terrible power play outing. Um especially a seven-minute unre- penalty kill, seven, though. Seven-minute was... unreleasable penalty, too, yes. right? So it's like you could have put up <laughs> in NLL, you could put up like five Some goals, points. six goals. In, the penalty in, in, in kill, though, minute. I will give credit to the Wings' penalty kill. They looked sensational okay. on Friday night. Only limited Georgia to one goal, which was fantastic, especially knowing how lethal they are. And it, it was really just the tale of Randy Stotts finally had that goal-scoring game. He had a hat trick in this one. And uh, I couldn't help but laugh after he got, you know, all those penalty minutes and the entire Wells Fargo Center is booing him anytime the ball is in his stick. And I just laugh because in a couple months, Randy Stotts is going to be a Philadelphia athlete in the MLL. <laughs> and all these people are going to fall in love with him. That's hilarious. Uh, that's, you know, that's actually really funny that you bring that up. That's hilarious. It's like, so I'm curious, how many of these wings fans right right really watch lacrosse right right do they only watch the box, box. game do they just watch it because did they flip to did, the pll did, did they just figure out about the sport and now they're watching it and they don't realize mm-hmm. like randy stotts is that dude yeah like <laughs> like look we're a philadelphia like kind of quote-unquote philadelphia-based sports podcast network yeah. and like this guy literally just disrespected completely one of our players and I'm still talking about him like, like this man's nasty. Like, <laughs> like I'm giving him praise. He's the type that you hate. He's not on your team, but love when he's on your team. Yes, like minus just it, minus that, minus like that one incident. And like, he did apologize on Twitter and said that, that he's got to be better, and and look it was uncalled for. So look, look at that. See, look, I'm gonna. I can't say I'm defending it. Like you can't yeah, defend you, that. It, it's an but, indefensible thing, but you can learn from it. Shout out to the apology. And this game, Jordan Hall. I may become an MLL fan again. <laughs> Jordan Hall popped off. Yeah. No doubt that was going to happen. I said it was yeah. going to happen. I got to catch up with Halsey after the game. It was good to see him again. Um, Shane Jackson is just easily becoming the MVP front runner. Curse of the commentator time right here. I'm going to tell you one person that I am very sad to see. Always put up goose eggs in both the goals and assist column, and that's Brendan Bomberry. He never gets anything. Friend of the show, man. Never gets anything. Brendan, what the heck, Doug? I said last year. Granted, when he did come on the show, he said he's really been trying to perfect his defense on the transition game, and he said the offense will come. Um, And I think it's just a a matter of. It's a matter of just who is on that Georgia team. Yeah. And who's scoring. That's true. There's. He's 
he's very low on the pecking order mm-hmm. when it comes to this team. When, in terms of goal scoring. Well, when you deal with the Thompson brothers on the same team. Jordan, Shane Jackson. Jordan Hall, Shane Jackson, uh, Randy Stotts. You have all these guys that like score goals, so it's hard for him. And obviously, Zach Miller to, has to, burst to onto the scene for that. Georgia too as a goal scorer. Yeah. so it's it's tough. It, it's really tough. Like, look, he had a plus one, so mm-hmm. he put in a good shift, right? He uh, how many loose balls did he get? Two. He had one shot off target, so he he's getting involved. Look, I said this and he, last and he year. Played under fifteen minutes. I said like I wanted to take him in our fantasy. That didn't work because I thought that he was gonna like pop off like come like mid season towards the end mm-hmm. of the season. Like I said, it looks like he's kind of perfecting defense, like you said, getting into the transition mm-hmm. game. And you know, I just wish him the best with with finding his place in the league. Um, I'm not trying to call him out. I didn't mean to like make it sound yeah, like he's our dog. Yeah, that's you know, I want to see him score some goals, right? Like I've been a fan. I've been watching him since college, man. I was real excited to see him get picked I up. See him drop bombs. Yeah, I want. Christ. <laughs> Come on, the OG tagline of this show was come for the content, stay for the dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of dad jokes. <laughs> uh, let me finish this take first. Um Yeah, Brennan, I, I just I just can't wait to see when, when the goals start falling, man. I'll be happy for you. It's gonna be for nasty. Real. So uh you know uh like I said, I could call out a bunch of other people for having goose eggs everywhere. So, yeah. I mean, you got your when when you're still plus one, you're getting some loose balls and stuff. Like the goose egg doesn't matter, right? Uh, you could be your boy, your teammate who had oo and minus six, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, like everybody else on that Georgia lineup that had a goose egg in both the goals and assists had a minus. Mm-hmm. He's the only one with a plus, so it shows that he's still doing the right things. Right. Um, anyway. Uh, I got to get these guys to listen to the pod, but um, there's a club team, a men's club team out mm-hmm. in New York. Uh, they're called the Rad Dads. So shout out to the Rad Dads because they're they're hilarious. I think OG I listeners their... remember you talking about them. Yeah, I, I I've talked about them before. Um, uh, they they have an Instagram page and they put they always put like dad joke stuff up there. <laughs> Today they put one, and uh, it was like a, a conversation between a child and their dad, and they're like, "Dad, can I ask you a question?" And he makes this little emoji person out of all ear emojis with a little hat on the top. And they're like, what is that? And he's like, I'm all ears. <laughs> I was dying, dude. That was so That's funny. hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. Here, let me let me bring it up. Let me show you the picture. That's so funny. While you're looking for that. Here, uh, it's right here. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yo, he put little shoes That's on That's hilarious. Yo, I didn't even notice that. Sorry. Go ahead. I got one gripe to pull in this game. It doesn't even deal with the game, really. Uh, whoever picks the stars of the game at the Wings games, I got, a, I got a bone to pick with you from this week. I understand you want to appease the fans that are leaving the stadium, but in a loss, the three stars of the game should not be all Wings. Your first star of the game was Zach Higgins. I love Higgy. Like, he has become one of my he favorite dudes. He had an awful dudes. first half. There's no reason he, he should be the first he star. He did not have a good game in this one. There's no need for it. And he would probably the even tell that The first star should be you. Shane Jackson. Kevin Crowley, I understand, had a, a quality game. He had a plus nine. That's one of the highest plus minuses I see. He probably deserves that, that star. Josh Currier, I agree with being a star in this game. I would have made Matt Rambo fit in there somewhere, but Shane Jackson needs to be on this list 
Jordan Hall should have been on this list with six points and a plus eight. Yeah, like, I understand you don't want to probably put Randy Stotts after the events that occurred, but he had a plus six, you need three to, goals. You need to have some sort of representation from the team that actually won. A hundred percent, because if they didn't have any representation, that must have meant the Wings won. Right, like it makes sense, like in an overtime game, and exactly. you lost by one, and it was real close, and like, and this game was real close. Sure, it was a one goal regulation, but it game. was only close because the. The f- I wanted to say the Sixers, cheese. Um, <laughs> Same the f- building. And then I was going to say the Flyers afterward. Jeez. Um, it was only close because the Wings made it close in the end. They right. were playing comeback the entire game. you got to have somebody from Georgia on there. It was a quick press conference after the game, Not too. Uh, Paul Day was dealing with a bit of the flu. Um, so he wanted to be kind of in and out. And uh, got to talk to Josh Curry and Steph Sharp knowing the Wings are on a bye now until February 15th and 16th when they have a back-to-back doubleheader on the road against the Buffalo Bandits, who we'll talk about later, and our pals, the New England Black Wolves. But, Dom, yeah. our uh, our phrase is no more because... <laughs> ah, yo, how could you do this to me? Let's go a little uh, tear eyes, broken hearts, yo, Thunderbirds I'm... finally lost. You know how You know how angry I am? to have flexed so heavy on the show <laughs> last week and like it was not a great week for I us I was like especially me I was like why do we even need to talk about this game <laughs> like like Halifax is running the Alterna Cup they're running the league they're going to win this nah. game and then they lose by 3 to Toronto who is down 5 of their key players including Tom Schreiber Dan Craig did not play in this game. I don't know what to say, man. Dan Dawson went off. Three goals. He is age he is an ageless wonder. Hellier, Demini, both with two goals. Zach Mans making a case to be rookie of the year. Three assists and a plus six in this game in twenty minutes of floor time. At least Cody Jamison had a good game. And Nick Rose was absolutely outstanding. Stephen Keogh with no goals, just three assists. That's part of the game right there. Jesus. But there was slack picked up across the board. Ryan Banesh had four points in this game. Clark Peterson, another Rookie of the Year candidate, had six points. Graham Hosick had just two assists and a minus four. Five penalty minutes. Kyle Jackson, one goal. Love you, KJ, but Uh, you need more production. Minus one, Kyle. What's up? Damn. Shanksy only with a goal. Yeah, dude. Jake Withers goes 21 of 23 on the face-off. You know what? (laughs) Um, Sorry about that. But um, This was the first game Warren Hill looked human. Look, listen, this is – it was bound to happen. You win how many? Six? They were 6-0? and oh? Yes. You win six straight games in this league. Like, a league that, like, anything can happen, right? Obviously, like, we saw that this weekend. Anything can happen in this league. And when you're 6-0, and oh, like, that's something to be said, right? That's why I was so confident that they were going to win, especially when, like, Tom Schreiber's out. They're not playing with five of their guys on their team. Like, you, you got to expect, like, okay, Halifax is probably going to keep this rolling. They're feeling good. But then again, this 
leave. He was on the road. You just don't know. Halifax. Goes four of six on the power play. Everything about this says Halifax is going to yeah. win. If but you just put Toronto, the stats and no like box score. Yeah. Look, it's it's just either the first or the third quarter, right? Halifax started both halves slow. If they just started one of those, if they kept it rolling into the third quarter, they would have probably won this game. And KJ's only goal was the first goal of the game. About six minutes in. Jeez. They own the loose ball game like none other. Well, when you win <laughs> they get all the shots. two face-offs. <laughs> you get more shots. They had more power play opportunities. Everything about this screams Halifax wins the game. This is the first time we've seen Warren Hill look human and not like a superhero. There it is. Right? There it is. Toronto found a way to beat that defense and beat Warren Hill, who has been an absolute brick wall for Halifax. And uh, the Alterna Cup standings get a little topsy-turvy now. Halifax and Calgary tied at 1-1. Vancouver obviously still 0-1, but Toronto's at the top at 1-0. That's BS because they played one less game. Views from the six. BS. Halifax. Halifax should be running away with this. And we don't get another uh, Alterna Cup matchup until February 15th when Saskatchewan gets their first against Halifax. I'll be working that night. And Vancouver takes on Toronto. Um, So a little (laughs) switch up in the Alterna Cup standings, but... Shout out to Toronto for, you know, showing out, you know, undermanned, went underdog mentality, and uh, didn't let the injuries and just the unfortunate, you know, Dan Craig business trip that he had to be on with Brett Hickey affect their game, and and they went out and and put on a show and beat the last undefeated team. I really just hate the Toronto They have so many likable players, though. That's the thing. I only like Tom Schreiber. I'm a big Challen Rogers guy, friend of the show. He popped off, had three points in this game. sorry, I hate the Toronto Rock. (laughs) They also don't follow us on Twitter, so that is a strike against them. I hate that. First NLO game I ever went to was a Wings-Rock game, and the Rock won convincingly. (laughs) I hate the Rock. Let's keep it pushing in the North Division. We had some overtime. Was there ever a doubt? I hit. I hit. (laughs) Is there ever a doubt? Uh, the Buffalo Bandits in overtime, back-to-back weeks. What a goal fest! Secure a dub, sixteen to fifteen over the Rochester Nighthawks. What a goal I got into fest. it with the Rochester Nighthawks Twitter account. Tried to call me out. Still love you guys. You're doing social media the right way. Um, but like we said, Chase Fraser came on the podcast last week. Come on, Doug. Podcast science is a thing. Come on, Doug. They were not losing this game. Rochester, Although, Rochester third quarter, they go on an eight-goal third hey, quarter. Hey, look, they, they were trying to come back, right? They were down by, uh, it was 7-3. They were down four. They win that one by six. They had the lead. They popped right? off. Uh, but uh, Buffalo decides to, uh, in the fourth quarter, you know, big poppy Dane Smith. Wait, go back up. <laughs> go back up. Yeah. Uh, big poppy Dane Smith gets a goal. Uh, you keep going. Look, Kluch. Uh, ew. Got two goals. Uh, yeah, Dane Kluche got another got one. Actually, Kluch yeah. had a, a fourth-quarter hat trick. Backpack boy, kind of. Dane Smith but had listen, two. Listen, and Kluche, then- Kluche put on the backpack with the straps all the way down because it's the only way it's going to fit on him. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> he I'm came sorry. off an IR for this game, too. Yeah, we weren't uh, sure if he was going to yeah, play. Like, honestly, shout-out Chris Kluche. Um, 
Uh, listen. And then Corey Small just said, nah, it's overtime. I'm ending it again, dog. Sorry, sorry, Rochester, but <laughs> backpack boys. They had a hell of a game. Listen, I will say that. Listen, um, yeah, let's let's look at the box score. Let's look at some uh let's look at some of these guys. Uh Knight and Evans, both uh Evans had two and two. Sean Evans two for uh Chris, right? Chris Knight? Uh Curtis Knight. Curtis Knight. Let's see. Sorry. Um yeah, Evans had a hell of a night. Eight points, four and four, not plus nine. Uh Caputo, two and two. Uh, let's see. Holding Katoni. Katoni just being the guy that like Three Rochester goals, seven has always counted on, right? Ten points plus six. Locked down. Yeah. Sean Evans on Friday night, uh, four those four assists put him at career total seven seventy nine, which passes John Grant Jr. for fifth all time. Shout out, assists in congrats, the league. friend of the pod. Congrats. Uh, Cloutier, four and four though, plus ten. My guy. Kind of. Um, let's see. Wait, wait, let me. I'm looking for just uh, like the box score fillers, like Josh Byrne two and four six, plus six. Dane Smith four and seven. seven and ten friend plus of the show. Ten. You've got two guys that went plus ten on the team. They deserve to win this game. Game after the podcast, you got the dub. You get a goal and an assist and a plus five. It's yeah. it's podcast science, guys. Seven loose balls, or sorry, four stud. Garrett Billings gets his first goal in a Bandits uniform. Yeah. Corey Small called game with two goals in this one, too. Look, the 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 Drip Kings um, came out with this win. Easy. Um, well, not easy. I'm not going to say it's easy. This was a, this was a back and forth game. They earned this one. They earned it, though. Um, so, Rochester. I'm sorry, but. This was a fantastic game from Rochester. We were right. We were right. <laughs> yeah, no, Rochester played very, very well. They are slowly it, figuring well, this you thing can, out. Well, you can see it from that box score. When you're playing a top team in the league and you're still you're taking them to overtime, it's a score fest, it's going back and forth, you're doing well. The face-offs were split basically down the middle. Um, they went 100% on the power play. I was just going to say that. Like, Buffalo Buffalo was 2 of 3, Rochester 3 of 3. So, equal penalty minutes. It makes sense that this, this game went this to overtime. just an equal game on yeah. both ends of the field. So, it's like, we may have been wrong, but <laughs> psych. Podcast science coming this, in the clutch. This was the only full board sweep that you and I and Alex picked. That actually came to fruition. We had a lot of full board sweeps this week. It was kind of bad. <laughs> we had four or five. You know when you have that, it's just not going to go right. <laughs> Luckily, I played a little reverse psychology in this game. Who was right, though? Vancouver ends up winning. Who was right, though? 10-6 to six against the New England Black Wolves. Who was right, though? Jen? Who was right, though? If you do come to Philly in March, you're going to have to have a stern talking to. Because you said I was going to be very, very happy after this game. Well, you know what, Jen? Kind of was because you helped the Wings out a little bit too. And, you know, we cover the team. We want to see that team go far in the playoffs. (laughs) You know, hoist a trophy. I want to see Paul Day going nuts. But Vancouver, props to them. Look, I'm sorry. I do not choose the Black Wolves. Props to I typically don't. But I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try it, and Jen, I'm right sorry. now until further notice. Jen, I'm sorry, but like they're on probation. I just, I just don't pick them, <laughs> and I was right. So shout out to the homie Mitch Jones, 
another I think it's I think right now as we are a little bit past the midway point, the midway MVPs in the East and West are Shane Jackson, Mitch Jones. Okay. Mitch with a hat trick, two assists, Keegan, a plus five. Keegan Ball had the same stat line. Keegan Ball came to play. Fantastic game for the Vancouver Warriors. Eric Penny balled out in this one. Not much else to say. They they came. Joe Resitardis is being doing Joe Resitardis things. You know what I mean? Three and two, four or plus four. Uh, that's really out, that's really it. When you look, shout at the out stat Joe line. Nardella, first career NLL goal Woo! in this one. Shout out Joe and um, Joey D. Joey Nardella goes eighteen of twenty on the faceoff. Hey, there, there, there's a positive. How do you go eighteen of twenty and lose by four? <laughs> What the heck? Yo, Joe, I would be mad at my teammates for that. That's a fact. I <laughs> like, mean, look at look at the box score. When you look at the box score, it's just not filled, right? There's not a lot here's of the a, biggest there's thing. not a lot of assists. There's not a lot of goals. And like you have four like, who do you count on? You have four high octane goal scorers on this team. Yes. Steven LeBlanc, Callum Crawford, Andrew Q, Joe Resitardis, they combined for four goals. That's Goose bad. eggs from LeBlanc and Callum. That's bad. That's terrible. When do you ever see Callum Crawford with a goose egg in the gold department? They had an off day. They had never. To. They had to look. Zero and one on the on the penalty. Vancouver only had six penalty minutes. They played a clean game. They were. This game could have been ugly too. Because look, they were only one for five on the power play. This game could have been ugly, especially when you're going two for twenty on the mm-hmm. faceoffs. What you're going two for twenty on the faceoffs, but you're keeping everything else close, right? And then you win the game. Right, you've got some ballers on this team that just came. Riley Lowen goes two and two in this one for they Vancouver. They like to move the ball too, Vancouver. Look at the assist stats. You got a lot of Seven. guys with multiple assists, and the thing, the goals and assists total for New England. What I don't nice. understand is like, why does outdoor not do hockey assists, but indoor does hockey assists? It doesn't make sense. It is weird. You ever notice that? Yeah. So like, I and you can always catch me. Like you can look back at shows when we've been doing like game reviews, and like, um. When I, like, analyze the box score, I always talk about, like, certain guys, like, getting on the assist sheet and everything like that. But, like, they may not have been the guy that found the guy. They're the guy that found the guy that found the guy. And it's like, you look at all these assists and you're talking about, oh, they only had, like, this many assists. Right? But 17 assists on 10 goals compared to 9 assists on 6 goals, right? So a couple of these were guys getting it down and getting it to the guys. (sighs) I don't know. Assists in the NLL are weird. The goals and assist total at the end of the day for New England, nice. Yeah. Well, look, like you've only got a couple guys getting the assists, right? You don't have you have a lot of zeros in there, which means you're looking only to a couple options to move the ball, and maybe those guys are also finding the other guy, right? So dude, your set plays are not working. And six of the nine assists, <laughs> nice again, uh, came from three guys. Jesus Christ! I just realized why you said nice. <laughs> um, Came yeah. from three guys. Yeah, exactly. So, like, New England had a very, very off day. Um, Good for the Wings in great, a loss. Great for the Wings. Thanks, Jen. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, shout out Vancouver. Not much else to talk, not this, much else this to is talk a big win for Vancouver. Huge how win. congested the West is, yes, too. Very big win. Um, and we'll go over, obviously. Shout out Vancouver for making my weekend not look too bad <laughs> on the picks. Let's head out to Vegas. Jesus Christ. At the Orleans Arena as uh, the Colorado Mammoth took on the San Diego Seals. And, Dom, I think I'm ready to to uh, declare it. Seals are back. 
I did not expect Austin Stott to come back this game. Uh, I wasn't prepared when we made our picks. And then, of course, you know, night before game day, Le- yo, it gets dude, announced he's back. Shout know, out to the homie, though. Yo, for real. Shout out Austin. But like, Came back from a torn ACL in 10 months. That's it? 10 months. Shout out. What a hero. Shout out the homie. What a um, dog. Yo, when I saw that announcement on Friday, do you know how angry I was? <laughs> I'm sitting there playing FIFA. And, wait, did you send it to me? Uh, I think so. I don't know if you sent it to me I or might not, have. But, like, I saw the news, and I almost wanted to throw my phone. I was like, <laughs> dude, this week, I can already tell how this week is going to go. No, you sent me the stuff about the Wings game. Oh, right. I think I was just on either Instagram or Twitter, and I saw the news about Austin. Yeah, because we had tweeted the video the Seals made for the mm -hmm. final installation of his comeback. already knew the Wings lost. I knew that I wasn't going to get this pick because I picked Colorado. I wanted to throw both my controller, my phone, whatever was around me, like... I knew I wasn't going to get this pick. And obviously, look at what happened. How many did he score? 17? Seals is back. Yeah. (laughs) Yo, shout out Diggs. As Diggs would say. Shout out Diggs. Sco Seals. Sco Seals. They hit the jackpot. And I should have known the Seals were going to win as soon as I saw the picture of avid listener of the show, Mr. Peter Fields, Connor's dad, in Vegas. Big ass cigar in his mouth, just living life. I was like, yeah, they're the Seals are winning this game. Go down to a box score. Uh, let's, let's look. 17 this. to 10 was your final score. This. Connor Fields only had one goal, though. But six points and a plus five, seven. Five finders. Um, Westberg. Westberg doing Six Westberg points things. plus seven. Uh, Brody Merrill had a 200-foot goal that was just end-to-end at the buzzer, bounced in. Sick. It was disgusting. It was... Shout-out Jackson. Ridiculous. Uh... Casey Jackson. Casey Jackson, five goals, three assists. My man. Plus nine. Uh, Jeremy Noble with a goal and six finders. Stotzi, one goal, three assists, a plus five. Hey, you know what? He's getting back into it. You you don't want to overexert yourself. You just came back off the injury in ten months. That's fine. How much time did he play? Uh, Stotts played a little over 11 minutes in this game. Exactly, right? And to put those numbers up. In 11 minutes, he's putting up better stat lines than people that played 20 minutes. Come on now. Like, Cannon with a (laughs) goal and four assists. Yo, just wait till my man. Zach Greer with a hattie. Shout out Zach Greer. He's been balling. But wait till Austin is fully fit (laughs) and healthy. Bro, granted, I will say this: Wait like, till he starts playing we, 20 minutes. we saw Austin at the draft last year. Yeah, and we know Austin's like a little huskier. I saw him in New York a couple weeks ago. He looks lean, like big, big, like, but like muscle, but yeah. like slim, lean. Yeah. Like it's it's gonna be scary. Dog. He he's putting <laughs> the league on notice. That's gonna be scary. If we look at Colorado's box score, okay. Um, Liger had three goals, two assists. Kinnear had a disgusting goal in this game. Had Walkland two had overall. Three and two. Capito had three points. Now, here's another problem again. My guy cannot score the ball. What a, what the heck? Dylan Malloy, another zero in the goals column. He had so many opportunities, too. He yeah, looked How many good. shots did he have off goal? Four. How many shots on goal did he have? It doesn't even uh, say. It doesn't say. He looked good in this game, though. I was very impressed. Rare sighting, though, at the end of the game with, you know, eight and a half minutes left. The Mammoth did pull Dylan Ward in this game. When do you ever see Dylan Ward get pulled? Granted, they were down by a lot at that time, so it's like, let him get off his feet. Um, 
it was just one of those things where the second quarter happened and San Diego was not looking back. They were down 3-1 after the first, and then they put up seven in the second quarter <laughs> to go ahead 8-6 at halftime and just never looked back. Yeah, when you have that seven-goal quarter, if you're Colorado, you're like, oh, shit. Colorado didn't <laughs> score a go. single power play goal. Yeah. Oh, San Diego yeah. went three of five. Yeah, there, Face-offs there pretty even. much even. San Diego ran the loose ball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, 19 more loose balls than Colorado. Getting to the dirty areas, like I always say, that's always a big also, thing. Also, Connor Fields put up that one goal and five assists in like 13 minutes. <laughs> if you, if you can't, <laughs> since you can't see because you're listening, my mouth is completely agape. That is impressive. <laughs> like, look, like, yeah, I said Connor Fields only had one goal. Insert SpongeBob meme. Like, Connor Field <laughs> only had, had one goal. goal. Yeah, but he got six points. The mood was great. Dude, he got a point every minute he played, basically. That's disgusting. Or every two, two minutes. minutes. Excuse me, I teach math. You wouldn't tell. You couldn't tell. That's but disgusting. That's crazy. That is crazy when and you he think had three about loose it. Balls. But then you also look at Jackson, right? And he had eight points, right? And how many minutes did he play? Just under 14. So he averaged a point every almost, like, less than every two minutes. Dog. Disgusting. What? <laughs> no wonder San Diego won this game. DeMood was great in net for them again. Back-to-back wins for him in, in uh, you know, place for Frank Chiliano. Oh, sorry, let me put this into perspective real quick, okay? McLaughlin had five points. He played 21 minutes, 24 seconds. That means he averaged a point every... Like every more than four minutes. Mm-hmm. Now think about what we just said about Connor Fields, Austin Stotts, and Corey Jackson. Casey. Casey, excuse me. Think about that. Think about how high octane and how quickly they did that. No wonder they had seven goals in that second quarter. No wonder they scored four goals in the next quarter, right? Like Westberg had a point every three minutes. As long as you, like the leading point guy. On a team, right? If you can get your points at a faster rate than him, you win a game. Filth. That is that is basic sports, right? <laughs> if you can average more baskets in the same amount of time that the other team is shooting baskets, you will win a basketball Disgusting. game. Disgusting. If you score more touchdowns than the other team does in the same amount of time, you win the game. Seals are back. Seals are back. Sco Seals. Uh, one little tidbit. Obviously, this game was in Vegas. Very well done. Shout out to the league and shout out to Las Vegas for an outstanding, uh, you know, just weekend out in uh, Sin City. RJ yeah, was out, out that. there. That's cool. That was really cool. RJ was out there, did some vlogging. There's so. a lot of people that were out there just because this was a big Christian event. Del Bianco was there. Nick Rose was there. Uh, a bunch it, of players went out. It was a too, big, which is really cool. It was a big thing for the league, right? You're, yeah, you're playing in Vegas. Vegas is hosting your game, and it was kind of teased that Vegas is on their radar as an expansion city. Well, I mean, a lot of sports are coming to Vegas right now. The Raiders are moving. That football stadium looks insane. It looks like the Death Star. Well, I drove I, when I went to Vegas during Christmas break. I went by it. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Devin posted a, a story on her Instagram. And she just opened the curtain, and it was, like, right there. It was, like, yeah. Yeah. boom. It's so cool. It's so um, cool looking. But Vegas, as an NLL city, would be amazing. I think it would be a party in the stands every single It would be game. amazing. Kind of like the hockey. Right? Yeah. 
Like, look at how quickly that team like just gained fans. What the the cool dynamic of a Vegas sports team is this: you've got the locals and the people in the area that are obviously going to start becoming mm-hmm. fans because they're it's a local team. But you have such it's such a large tourist destination that when you go, you basically say. Why not? Here's something to do. Why not? Let me go it's to a game. It's also such a transplant city. Yeah, so it's like... It's very similar to D.C. where you have people from all over moving yeah, to Vegas. Yeah. So so you've got all these people that can come to your games, and it creates a really cool atmosphere, right? Because the, the hometown people, the locals, the people... And by locals, I mean people that were born and raised in Las Vegas, and I also mean transplants, people who live in Las Vegas or in the surrounding area. They're going to go, and they're going to have their traditions for the games, the cheers, and all that other stuff. But then you have these other people that are going for the fun. They may already be drunk because that's <laughs> just one thing you do all day in Vegas. There's no time limit on that. I mean, hell, you can drink in public. But, like, so they're there, and now they're trying to join in, and it just you see it at the hockey games. Mm-hmm. You see it at the hockey games, and it's the same thing. We're going to see it with the Raiders. Oh my god! We saw it when the Arena Football now, League now, was in on. Vegas. Think, think about the Raiders fan base, just Ooh. as is, like in Oakland, and then they go inside. Yeah, and now you're in Las Vegas. All those people in Oakland. It's I don't know how long the drive is from Oakland to Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I would assume it's obviously it's at least like four hours yeah. or something like that. But in California, they're used to driving mm-hmm. long, long times. Like in New Jersey, you tell me four hours. I'm already up in New York, like yeah. getting ready to get to Vermont in an hour. Like. I am at the Riptide Stadium. <laughs> yes, like, like I'm, I'm almost in the Hamptons. Seated, like, eating. Yeah, like good to go. It's all perspective. But anyway, like they're gonna come out, right? That this is completely. We're not even Plus, talking about like, lacrosse anymore. But. It, I mean, technically, we are because it's right in the middle of the West Division. Like yeah. you've got San Diego. Ninety nine percent sure we're gonna have San Francisco. Yeah. You have Colorado already. That is right next to Vegas. Yeah. You got Calgary coming down, Vancouver yeah. coming down. It is such a, a centralized area for the West Division. And it makes so since, much sense. Since we're on the topic of the NFL, how about them Chiefs, baby? Shout out Andy Reid. Uh, I'm not going to take any of the content for the live show. So, uh, Overall, though, I mean, they, they had a hell of a, a weekend in Vegas. Almost 5,000 fans. You know what, too? This is a really this is the game played in Las Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a really good like pairing of teams to show what the sport actually is in yes. Vegas, especially when Austin Stotts came back and you've got a team like San Diego, which is a second year team. They who seem has to be- legends on it like Brody Merrill. It's coached by Patrick Merrill. You've got Casey Jackson, you've got Westberg, you've got a, a young college recognizable player in Connor Fields who is making his name in the box game. In and, and his full rookie season, you put him year. on the field, and he makes just constant highlight plays. So he, yep. you already know the name, right? If you know lacrosse, you know the name Connor Fields, and if you don't know the name Connor Fields, you find out pretty quickly. Yep. So it's like, like, and then Colorado isn't a slouch team. No. So you know you're in Vegas. You hear oh yeah, another team a, with names. A, yeah, there's an indoor lacrosse game, and there's two of the better teams that are playing in the league. We should go check that out. And then you go to the game, and you get. A goal fest, essentially mm-hmm. twenty-seven goals scored between the two teams. It's it was amazing. That's that's awesome. So um, shout out to the league for doing that. That's mm-hmm. really big for the sport. I really like that. Would love to see Vegas as one of the next three cities. You know what? I want to dynamic. I want to talk about the seals for a second. Do you think that the seals are building their team correctly? Like they're doing the building the right way because 
like last year they were they were still a threat. They were a right? juggernaut last year, and I think it was mostly because of how expansion kind of went because they were going in with the wings. The wings got the first pick in the expansion draft, so that left the seals to be able to get Austin Stotts. Yo, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Who did the wings take with that first pick? Kyle Matisse. Okay. No, Brett Hickey. Yep, because I was going to say the expansion draft was a little different than the collegiate draft, but mm-hmm. Austin Stotts got picked second, right? Austin was the first overall pick. Oh, yeah, never mind. We didn't have – We picked Chris second overall. Yeah. See, Which then – I mean, I got, I, got the, I got the collegiate draft and the expansion draft mixed up. That's right. We got we got first pick in the expansion, but we got second pick because I was, gonna, I was about to say, how the hell do you mess that up? Which, I mean, technically – how do you take Chris Cluche turned into Kevin Crowley? Because I, yeah, I remember that we drafted Cluche. I mean, we were there, so um, I remember that we did that. But if we decided to do that over all oh, yeah. stats, that's ridiculous, no. right? Seals took stats first. But you are right. We can't like look back at it and be angry because now we have Big Cat on the team, and we have and, Ryan Wagner because yeah. that was the direct player for and player, we have, in and that we deal. have a big, we have like a big one-two punch in Kyle Matisse and Kevin Crowley. And then you've got all the other guys. And then you have Brett Hickey, who was finally healthy, who so didn't play last year, pretty much. All bias aside of your team, who do you think has done the in building? Year two. Who do you think is the better team so far in year two? That doesn't necessarily mean they have to have the correct record, right? Because right. the Seals have a terrible record this year, but they could still be continued. Uh, I will say overall... You can go either way because last year the Seals had a playoff appearance. And the and I keep wanting to say Flyers. <laughs> um and the Wings The Wings were terrible. Struggled mightily. Now this year you they look at it this it, year, flip it. I think the biggest takeaway this year is that the Wings retained every player that they wanted to that was here last year. Mm-hmm. Plus Brett Hickey is now healthy and that was I think we can tell already through, you know, the first 8 games that the Wings have played. Him missing last year was a big problem. Yeah. It, it, I you mean, look it, at San Diego, they lost a lot of guys in free agency. So they're kind of trying to figure it out with the young guys. Austin Stotts coming back now. Connor Fields getting a more prominent role. They traded for Westberg. I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work for both teams. Yeah. Um, I was kind of mad that. Guddy wasn't on the team anymore, but I mean, when you look at how many options where we would have, he play, yeah, exactly. So it's like it makes sense that mm-hmm. you, you kind of get rid of him. Um, I want to say I I think the wings still have his rights. I it's think, just he's not playing this. Season. I think I completely agree with your take. Um, I think that both teams are doing it right. Both teams are setting themselves up to be. And I think San Diego did it the right way for them last year because they were a brand new market. Let's bring in the veteran guys from yeah, Saskatchewan you're right. primarily you're right. that have won three championships in their careers. You're right. Get people in the stands and, you know, build some hype where the wings were already an established NLO market and yeah. were just coming back. You're right. You knew those fans were gonna come back. They yeah. were just waiting for it. That's a that's a good observation, right? And then you San really go, Oh, we're a new market. Let's let's try to, you know, make a splash. No pun intended, because they're the SEALs. Um Let's let's make a splash in the league. Let's kind of like ruffle some feathers and try to you know go pretty far, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we need the fans. And then you really brought the Wings fans back. Obviously, last and, year when Kevin Crowley came back, and 
in San Diego, right, once you start building your fan base and they start becoming invested in the team and then they see the youth talent and they understand it, it allows you to do something mm-hmm. like they did this year. The fans are still going to come. They understand where the team is at. They understand that you have the talent and you have arguably a top player in the league who's coming back from an injury, granted, but now you have he's a still going to be four. great. Right? Plus, you, exactly. you, you have two guys in Jeremy Noble who got traded here and Zach Greer, who came out of retirement. San Diego is a very interesting team. Yeah. So are the Wings, right? And I think it's and big for San Diego, too, because the Chargers left. Yeah. The only other professional yeah. sport in San Diego, technically, is the Padres. Yeah. I think, and, and vice versa, when you're talking about the, the Wings, like you said, they're an established market. They have fans. They've been there. They've been waiting for them to come back. So when they came back, awesome, right? We could care less about how they did, right? Right, because the wings they're are back. back. Like now, it's time to make the right moves. Right, everybody loves the moves they're making, and look what happens. Now, the wings are that kind of franchise where you can make the lacrosse person's move. Right, you're not going to make the move where you're not a lacrosse fan. You may not understand why they're picking this player up. Right, it's like, oh, we want the big, big free agent signing. We want to make the big no. trade, get the big names, get this guy, get this guy. Paul Day's your GM. He's going to bring guys in who play summer box with him, knows their tendencies. That's why we saw Ian Lord and yeah. Corey Vitarelli coming in free yeah. agency this year. But Paul Day also understands this market, and that's yeah. why he brought in guys in the expansion draft like Anthony Jokim, who played college lacrosse at St. Joe's, yeah. a recognizable name, yeah. and why you brought Matt Rambo here. Yeah. You, you need the hometown guys to bring some crowds And then you out. trade for Kevin then, Crowley. Look, I think that... Philadelphia is a... Let's not forget, too, the Wings drafted Pat Spencer this year. (laughs) Like, the Wings have Pat Spencer's rights. I wish that we were filming so you could see my (laughs) face right now. Yo, I forgot about that, dude. You know how excited I am for that? And if granted, if he plays. If Guddy comes back, you know, Guddy has built such a name in the PLL. Blaze Reardon has built such a name for himself in the PLL. And now in the NLL. Since you mentioned it, I'm looking up Pat Spencer's uh, stats from this year <laughs> at Northwestern. <laughs> Pat Spencer basketball stats. Let's check it out this year, okay? Um, latest. He's averaging 11 points, 3.8 rebounds, 3.8 assists, and is shooting 46.1% from the field. That's not bad. He's hooping. That's not bad. Let's see. Let's see notable games. Against... Against MSU, uh, who were ranked, he had 11 points. Shout out. He's hooping. Against 17th ranked Maryland, he has 17 points. Against Purdue, It's almost like it was his, uh, his college lacrosse career again, putting points up against Maryland. <laughs> I'm a Maryland fan, dude. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I mean, Damn. I think both teams, though. Yeah, yo, get... really, shout out. You put 22 points up against uh, Minnesota. Yeah, like I said, 17 on Maryland. 18 against Pitt. Hooper. Like, baller. Just baller, Patty man. Patty Spence, senior. Future Philadelphia superstar. Yeah, yo, come play lacrosse here. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. Overall, though, from your, your point, I think both teams are building it the right way for their respective markets. Yes. 
I think that both teams are doing it the right way. And I think in year two, well, technically year two for Philadelphia, but in year Of this two, iteration. Yes. In year two, both teams are trying to make a case for gunning for the tops mm-hmm. of their divisions and really being taken serious in the league. Uh, I think when the first iteration of the Wings was coming to a close, people weren't taking it seriously. And I mean fans. They're fans the most decorated some, team in league and history, And some fans weren't taking them as serious, and they kind of had to disband. They're well, back. The, the ownership relocated them to New England. Why do you think we hate them? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, but you're right. And fans went. Fans stayed. Mm-hmm. They came back. The real ones came back. And um, I, I'm just excited to see the development of the league, especially what's really what's going to be really cool is with the commissioner's plans for league expansion and his goal, mm-hmm. right, of 30 teams, kind of NBA style. All the teams you see now, 16 teams in the league, that's going to be almost half of the league, right? These 16 teams will be the best teams in the league. Easy. Which will be really cool because now you're going to have depth in the competition for playoff spots, wild cards, whatever they may have, right? Mm-hmm. And and hopefully Philadelphia and San Diego are going to be some of those top five tier teams. Especially with how young they are. Yeah, where... When this expansion happens and you're allowed to keep players and you keep the right players and you keep your youth. Like I think both teams did this year. And what they should continue to do every time there's an expansion Mm -hmm. draft. I think that these guys will be setting themselves up fairly well for success in the long run, especially when the league gets deeper. Easily. Um, Let's wrap up the NLL talk with just divisional standings recap. And then we'll talk a little bit about Connor Farrell heading to Long Island before we dive into... uh, the PLL's next destination. But the East Division looks like this, Dom. New England sits at 4-2. and two. They're still in first place in the East, uh, but in a virtual tie with the Philadelphia Wings at 5-3. and three, uh, They just have the win percentage factor, and that's why New England sits in first. But the Wings lead the NLL in goals scored with 91. Uh, Georgia sits at four and three, just a half game back of first place to the East. Yeah, is getting real goals tight. Scored. And New York was on a bye this week. They're at one and seven, but still only four games back in the division. We have more goals than Halifax. Georgia has three less than Halifax. That's crazy. And Georgia's four and three, right? That's insane. The North Halifax, after their first loss, sit at six and one. Uh, Buffalo is five and one. That division's going to get tighter and tighter, especially since Toronto now has a game in hand over Halifax. The Rocks sit at four and two, a game and a half back of first place, and then Rochester is one and six, five games out of first place. The West, though, Dom is this is the this wild, is, wild that's West. Surprising. Saskatchewan three and two. I believe they get back into play this week. They've been on a bye for a little bit. Forty-six goals scored in their first in their division. And granted, they've only played five games. They're only three and two. Uh, Colorado is four and five. Finally have a negative goal differential after uh, this weekend's uh, bludgeoning from San Diego. Uh, Vancouver, three and four. We're sitting right behind, you know, right in the thick of things. Uh, San Diego's three and five. They're getting back on track. And Calgary, champs. two and four. The champs in the basement. Yo, you know what's sad? 
if you look at the goal differentials for all of these guys, okay, Saskatchewan's in the lead, plus one, right? The next three teams all have minus goal differentials. And then Calgary sitting there plus four in the last place. <laughs> the Go West to... Division is literally separated by a game and a half. Every team except Rochester in the North has a positive goal differential. Every team... Except New York. Except New York. Jesus Christ, that's a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> Every team in the East except New York has a positive goal differential. If you have a negative goal differential, you should not be succeeding, right? And three of the teams... Colorado is in second. But then again... They're only it down happened negative this one. Weekend. It happened this weekend. Um, can we just talk about New York for a second? 71 goals for 114 goals against. That's a minus 43. What? And I think that's why Miles Jones is now here, and I think that's why Connor Farrell was signed uh, this past week. That because means they played eight games. They lost each game by more than eight goals, essentially. An average of eight goals. It was goals. not a great start for New York to start this season. And we, start we all know that. like halfway through the season. Well, they have played better the past, I'd say, three games. Their defense has kind of started to click. To start the season, it was rough. And watching a lot of those games in person, it was not pretty, uh, to say the least. But I think that's why Connor Farrell's here, because they signed nice him segue. to a... Uh, nice segue. Paul Blart Mall Cop. Uh, they signed him to a, a practice player. <laughs> That's spelled differently. <laughs> contract. Uh, but when you have Alex Woodall playing as well as he has this season as a rookie, I don't see the need for two face-off guys, especially in the NLL when you have so many you know switches and changes. I think Connor Farrell's going to come in here to play some bully defense yeah, we, and smack some guys around we with talk- his, his football background. Yeah. And – may be kind of that enforcer on this defense. We talked about it before the show a little bit and I said that, right? And 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 he's got a college football career, mm-hmm. right? Of playing linebacker. He played defense, right? He likes to hit. Strong guy. Likes to get like in like he likes to play physical. And you see you saw that in his PLL debut, right? It, where he made a splash, just mm-hmm. who is this guy kind of thing where he's one of the best face-off guys in the league, right? And I think I agree with what you said, though. They already have a lockdown face-off guy. And it's like, why bring him in for that? But I think that Connor Farrell's game is more than the face-off. Mm-hmm. I think the PLL advertised his face-offs more. Yes. But remember that big hit he had at Gillette Stadium my, my week guy. one. And that is something that is invaluable in the box game, right? You can hit that guy or you can be that guy that's like scares people when you get close to them when they're close to the boards. That makes a hell of a difference. They're not going to try certain things. If you come flying in sometimes, they might not hop in the crease mm-hmm. because you may come in and just let them know, don't do that again, right? I think that it's a nice, cool pickup for New York. They drafted him too. Imagine he was one of their draft yo, picks. Yo, imagine, so. and we're gonna see it soon. Him and Miles Jones on, on the, the same, same defensive team. unit, along with Connor Kelly, Kieran McCardle. So, New York has, has heavy hitters. New York from has the island. 
and they have a good youth contingent to it where mm-hmm. these guys can grow together and possibly have something work out mm-hmm. eventually. The if is if they can transition to the box game well. Because mm-hmm. there are a lot of field guys, and these are heavy hitter field guys, minus Karen McCardle. You know, he he's a he's a league vet. Yeah. He's been he's there. everything. He does so, field, he does box. So um but these other these young guys, they're all field guys. And when you talk about them on the field, they're studs. And then you have, but they're playing their first few years of box. And then you and have the young box guys that nobody really knows about that are kind of bursting onto the scene, like John Luke Chetner, yeah. Dan Lomas. You know, you yeah. have these guys that didn't really get the hype. They're a very young team, and and that may also speak to why they're having mm-hmm. the, their struggles right now. I'm curious to see how well they develop together as a unit and and push forward. Probably not this season, but next year. Next year, see how New York. See how the Riptide change their game. Mm-hmm. See what they do to the roster. Plus, and, you have and, one of the best lacrosse coaches with. running your team in Reggie Thorpe. Yeah, like he is an icon in the sport. So, I expect them. You know, they're on a bye week until the fifteenth of February. I expect them to really buckle down and and have a strong second half to the season. If, if New York can do that too, the East may become the most competitive division Easy. in the entire league. Because when you look at the East and you look at the North, all of those teams, the top three teams in both of those divisions are are like very good, right? Even Georgia, Georgia's mm-hmm. a very good team, right? Halifax, Buffalo, Toronto. If Georgia in the North. gets a face-off guy. The East will be its own little conglomerate of this league that will be run by winning face-offs. Yeah. So like, it's it's. I'm curious to see what division becomes the most competitive right the west division it's like you said it's right a now shootout. it's right now it's the north and the east yeah but both the, of those but the divisions north and the are, east just has heavy hitters throughout and then the west is just everybody ran into each other and it's like trying to it's like eh. get yourself back into a, a normal mindset eh. right like you've got one team that's a game under 500 two teams that are under 500. You've got San Diego that are two games under 500, but they'll probably Everybody's get a Everybody's under 500, too. but Saskatchewan, who's only played five games. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think San Diego will be the team that will come out of the first in that division, in my opinion. It's going to be interesting to watch how that all comes down. Because Vancouver I'd say, and Colorado will make it tough. I don't know what Calgary will do this year. It's, it's interesting. I think the biggest thing with Calgary is Dane Doby has been suspended since week one. That's, oh, I forgot about that. And... You know, when he gets back, let's see what happens. You know, he was the league MVP and the, the championship MVP for a reason. Sound like you're talking about Le'Veon Bell or something. Like. <laughs> uh, so we'll see what happens there. And I think that's a, a big part to Calgary's struggles this year is that they're missing their team captain. Um, but, yeah, the league is is in full force, just wide open now. Nobody's I, nobody's unbeaten. I like seeing more guys come to the league, too. Connor Farrell's the newest addition, right? You, you, you're going to see more guys come play box, especially with... We saw it last year, too, when Kyle Hartzell you, decided to come through halfway for San Diego. You're going to see a lot of the PLL guys start doing it, right? You see a lot of these guys, like you just talked about, guys have another job, right? But a lot of those guys aren't field players either, right? They haven't, They don't have a PLL spot. If you have a PLL spot, you're going to see a lot more of those guys start coming to the NLL if, if they want to take that risk and... Uh, leave their job because not only are they now playing in the summer, it lines up almost exactly for when NLL 
training camp starts for the preseason and vice versa. And now they're playing lacrosse year-round as a professional player, which I think is really cool. Um, so I can't I, – I'm just curious to see the migration of field players move to the box game and vice versa. I'm curious to see how many of these guys try to make a run for a PLL spot mm-hmm. eventually because the MLL – the season doesn't line up with the indoor. It's not. It just doesn't work out, and and you don't have the same representation or money in the sport that that the PLL offers, and uh, the TV deal, and 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 the social media presence, and all the publicity that you can get from playing in the we league. We just saw the Rabel brothers at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, like, like so so you know. <laughs> sucks because philly just got an mlo team <laughs> but i i'm still i talked about i've I talked about it with people since the pll has started I'm, I'm curious to see the migration of how many players mm-hmm. move over we talked there's, about a couple there's weeks that ago. rumored 30 plus player list yeah so you know there's a big amount that want to go play and in the PLL. obviously we'll know more closer to march 1st i believe which is when the deadline is of them picking mll or pll there's a reason it's called the premier lacrosse league you have to be a top player to play the best in it. of the best. Yeah. And granted, there's only going to be seven teams in the league. Look at how many guys didn't play last year but that when, were in the league. But when it grows, that's when you're going to see a mass exodus. I'm curious if the Rabel brothers do a PLL-MLL merger. I don't know if that'll ever happen just I, because of the relationship between Paul and... The MLL. That's true. As a league, that's true. Um, it, it's interesting. The only to think way about. the only way it happens is the PLL has grown so large that now the teams are not on a tour basis. They have found places to settle, and the MLL is on its last leg, where it's like we're losing too many guys. We may have to, you know, disband and declare bankruptcy because we're not making money. And then that's when they go to. It's like basically like. Paul doesn't do anything. Paul and his brother don't do a single thing. And the PLL come like on their hands and knees kind of begging like, hey, think, hey save, uh, save our teams. I think the tour-based model is going to stay intact. I think Paul is a big proponent of it. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing will be when this league hits, you know, the 10-team mark. You're going to see, you know, four or five teams start on one coast Four or five teams start on the other coast. Oh. And then they'll all eventually hit every city, but they just kind of work their way around. So, like, opening weekend, you'll have five teams out on the West Coast open in Seattle, as an example. Four or five teams will open on the East Coast in Boston. Their final regular season weekends, you'll see those five teams in Boston play in Seattle, those five Seattle teams play in Boston. I like that idea. That's my assumption of what's going to happen. And then what, so, well, five, you can't really have five, six. Six, whatever so, it may be. So, like, when it reaches 12, and every iteration of six, or every time you get, like, another two teams, so let's say, when, when or, yeah, like six, you have three games. Three games in a day isn't too bad. Mm-hmm. Or, or in a weekend. So. Which is typically what it exactly. is. Exactly, so. Let's say you get to 18, right? You get 18 teams in the league. You could bring six teams to each place, but now you can go to three different cities at a time. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, there's a ton of PLL action now. And now with the TV deal, too, now, oh, like, I've got this game here on Friday, but then there's also two other games going on on Friday. And then Saturday, here comes these games. And Sunday, here comes these games. You have, a team, you have teams playing in Canada, you have teams playing in Mexico, and teams playing in the U.S. Yeah. There's rumors that the PLL is going to, like, Mexico or something like that, well, too. Well, see, that's the other cool thing that the, the league basically allows is since it's a touring league mm-hmm. and they play their games in different cities every single week this allows them to also not only just play in the u.s they can go to other countries to grow the game went to canada last mexico, year they can go to mexico they can go to england that has a growing lacrosse community uh wales a growing Ireland, lacrosse community japan japan is, saw them is go huge japan japan has some you saw them went this off. They went to Japan this off season. They had the PLL, you know, all star group. That Japan went. has some ballers, dude. For real, Japan really does. Shout out our boy Jojo Marasco. Hong Kong, Hong Kong has a big lacrosse community. Australia, Australia, big representation in the PLL already with Callum Robinson. You can even, you could go to Africa in mm-hmm. some places. Like Uganda lacrosse has been started, and and Kenya. I really like seeing you know the growth of the game in Africa as well. Uh, you can go a ton of places, right? There is the opportunity, especially once the league grows mm-hmm. and you have enough teams and the talent pool for you can be in every lacrosse. time zone. You could be playing games all over the world for the same league. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you know we're kind of reaching right. when we're doing this with the speculation, but your idea of playing in two cities at once over the weekend when you expand to have too many teams, when you have a lot more teams, is a really good observation, and I like that. Um, and I think that that's definitely possible. That's cool. One thing we do know for a fact, though, Dom, is today Segway. PLL going to a city they've never been to. They're playing at uh, Jerry World Junior. <laughs> July 4th weekend, they're going to Dallas and playing at the Cowboys practice facility. Shout out the Rattlers that had the disband, too, <laughs> which sucks. But... Um, well, they are one of the relocating teams. They're going back somewhere. They're coming to the east, whether it's back to Rochester or yeah, something, something like that. But um, that means there's a community, there's a lacrosse community in Dallas. Again, a state, if you want to talk about just states. Texas lacrosse is growing, and I like the brand of lacrosse they're playing. As much as we bag on the Cowboys being Eagles fans, they're playing at a Jerry World-owned facility. It's funny. It's funny. Like... You know you had to get approval from Jerry Jones. Yeah. For that to happen. Yeah, shout out to Jerry Jones that. is in. Oh, that just sounded weird. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> my my mouth is gonna burn up. Jerry Jones I is somewhat out. in on supporting the PLL. Yeah, which is a yeah. big deal. That's, that's really cool. Whether like or not that. you like Jerry, we hate Jerry, obviously, from well, a football look, perspective. Well look, he 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 probably looked at the sport, right? In whether he knew about it before. Well he was or in not. on on the Rattlers in the MLL. Yeah. So. Um and you know, the adrenaline high school All-American game has been played in Cowboy Stadium. Mm-hmm. So, like, he knows about the sport. So when he first saw the sport, whenever it was, he's, he looks at it and says, yo, this is as aggressive as football and hockey, and I really like the way the sport mm-hmm. is played. It's a high, it's a high-octane, fast-paced game. It's really fun to watch. You're going back both ends. It's high-scoring, just like football, right? So, like, I, I see why he would support it. And it makes sense, and I think that uh, this is good for the league, especially, like I said, the Dallas and Texas lacrosse community does not have a team to root for anymore because the Rattlers are moving. And um, 
like I said, Texas brand lacrosse is really, really fun to watch. There are some guys from Texas, some high school guys that are just balling. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 a football state, right? Totally. So they're rough. They're tough. But then they have a finesse to their mm-hmm. game that is just like, like I don't give up kind of deal. Like you're not going to see like you're, – you're, you will see it from some guys, those guys that reach the next level. But you don't always see the – the flashy like Long Island style of play, it's a different kind of flashy when you, when you have the ball. Because I like watching offense because I play mm-hmm. it. You've got your middies that just like to run through guys. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like I don't you you don't see that all the time, right? And I I really 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 like that Texas. Uh, I like it growing in Texas. I like everything's that. bigger in Texas. I like that the South is is learning the mm-hmm. sport and it's this growing. Is two Southern tour stops now. Yeah, like, going to Atlanta week two. I should say back to Atlanta, uh, and now you're going to Dallas, Texas. Yeah, the cool thing is like it. We could talk about it being an East Coast sport, but it has been growing on the West Coast as well. And now it's grown down south. The last thing is that the the Bible Belt that and Texas, Tornado Alley and all that kind of Georgia, stuff. Georgia, like, Florida, teach it. In the middle of the country now, mm-hmm. have places Chicago. have places like Kansas start playing Minnesota. lacrosse and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And and some places obviously have it mm-hmm. right, but other places don't. And and once the sport starts growing a lot everywhere, that's when the PLL blows up, right? Exactly. Uh, when NCAA lacrosse gets even bigger, right? Mm-hmm. When you see some of these MCLA teams make the transition to NCAA, kind of like Michigan did a while back, and Utah. You, uh, what's what's one of the teams this year? Um, one of the teams this year just moved into the NCAA's. It's not Merrimack. They might be. It, it was one team because it went all over YouTube we when know they scored Utah the first. Utah jumped to D one Ex- last year. Exactly. So so you see these. Shout teams. out Will Manny. And uh, what's his name? Marcus Holman, Marcus the bunk Holman. bed boys. Yeah, shout them, shout out Utah. I what when you sent me the uh, we're gonna talk about this on Thursday, but when you sent me the uh, the Las Vegas lines, I was very close <laughs> to picking Utah, very close yes. for them to cover. Um, but we'll talk about that on Thursday. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, Dallas, awesome, big, big for the league, big for the game, the sport itself, and I'm I'm really excited to see that. That would be cool. Yeah, and that's like, July fourth weekend, isn't it? Yeah, July fourth and fifth, oh, Saturday, Sunday. It's so be hot. yeah, it's gonna be real hot. I won't be in Dallas. Uh, also, change of plans. I will not be in Boston. One hundred percent confirmed, uh, because Philadelphia Phillies are retiring one of my favorite athletes of all time, Roy Halladay's number thirty-four, is being retired, and I cannot miss that game. No, you so, can't. You can't. I will be at Citizens Bank Park, but I'm working on maneuvering my way down to the ATL again. So hopefully Atlanta, Long Island, Baltimore hey. will be back-to-back-to-back uh, weeks. Completely off topic, but did you see this video? Yes. <laughs> the Lombardi Luge. The Lombardi Luge. Shout out Travis Kelsey. Uh, I will leave the Dallas point on this note. I really, 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 really hope whether he's on Atlas or the Water Dogs, whatever team it is, I hope they play in Dallas. I need to see Austin Piffany back in Dallas. And I will uh, I will inform you on why off the record. Uh, but make sure you guys are following us on Twitter, at OTB Laxpod. We are at the, ironically, Las Vegas number 777 followers right now. Nice. Let's get it to 800 by the end of the week. 
Can we get it to a K, please? Let's like, get to a K. On now. Dom, I was looking back at it. In June, we were just at, I believe, 300 followers. The growth has been insane. Shout out yeah. to everybody. Yeah, shout out to everybody in the leagues, in PLL, NLL, MLL, uh, coaches, players, uh, everybody that listens and like shares it with like other players and stuff. I really, really, really appreciate that. I know Kyle does as well because that shows that uh, people care. They want to hear what people, we have to people say. People care, and it shows that you know we're not just two guys sitting here talking about lacrosse because we want to kind of hop right. on the lacrosse bandwagon, like. I mean, obviously, you've gotten into the sport because once we started this whole thing, it was and, like, boom, let's and learn. You're like, yeah, let let's learn about it. And you've been, you know, really, really just. We don't invested. take about you know four hours out of our week to just spew into microphones for no yeah, reason. Exactly, like it's being recognized. You have been very invested in learning the sport. That's and why we've been on the charts it. twice. Yeah, in another country kinda from sh- where we're of, from. Kind of reaffirms to me too that I kind of know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like sometimes, like I'm, sometimes, like I'm like. Do I really know what I'm talking about? Like, especially like after this weekend, L- right. NLL. But like, um, people people like what we talk about. People people kind of show the love, and and we're like, yo, we love the show. Like, it's awesome, and and stuff like that. So the reviews like, are rolling. You know, in I can't. Too. I can't thank you guys enough for that. Constantly continue to show the support. Show the likes. OTB you know? Nation is a thing. You you see my habit of like from being on the live show for so long yeah, where we started. Looking like, at I our keep camera. looking at the camera. <laughs> I do it all the time. Like we're, like we're recording. <laughs> uh, but make sure you guys are following us on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, at please, OTB Lax Pod. Let's get our Instagram followers up because we want to do some content on there. But we need the people yeah. to see it. Yeah. So same handle as Twitter. If you're on Twitter. Just go to Instagram and type in the same handle, at OTB Laxpod. You can follow Dom on Twitter, at Wash Lifestyle. You can follow me on Twitter, at KBIZZL311. And make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Once we get to 100 reviews, Dom's going to read them all on a separate podcast. <laughs> I, I, I was just voluntold. All right, I got it. That's, that's, I'm about Let's it. Let's make it happen. Yo, I want to do... Yo, we could we could do this, and you know how you said you wanted to get the Instagram stuff off. I wanna I wanna make we'll do a, it live yeah, on. Instagram. Can we do it on Instagram too? And like I wanna have like a black background. I wanna wear a black turtleneck. I wanna have <laughs> Steve like jobs. It. I wanna have like some stars kind of around me, and some like soft music playing in the yes. background, so I can thousand like, percent because I wanna read the negative ones. And I just wanna like we are at <laughs> we are at twenty seven five star ratings and reviews. Yo, shout Let's out. Bump them up. Bump them up. I want to read these. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, uh, we got to make milestone stuff and we got to do stuff for the milestones. Exactly. Let's make it happen. I'll dye my hair like Billy. Once we Eilish. get to 100 there, once we get to 50, <laughs> we'll do something. I don't think you heard what I said. I heard that. <laughs> He's the no, bad I, guy. I won't, I won't do that. I teach. I can't <laughs> I can't go to teach the next day with like the middle of my head being lime green. Just rock the Stephen Keo mustache. I'll do a handlebar mustache. If we get to 100 reviews by the end of March. Deal. Stephen Keogh mustache will be on Dom's face. Deal. I'll do it because that'll be sick too when I go to coach. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be sick. (laughs) Make it happen. If you don't have an iPhone, upgrade your phone so you can make that happen. Or you can check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn app. Wherever you get your podcast, we are there. We'll be back later this week breaking down the NLL schedule and whatever else 
comes into the lacrosse, uh, you know, news world by that time. So for everybody here at Underground Sports Philadelphia, for Dom, I'm Kyle. This has been episode number 107 of the Outside the Box podcast. We are signing off. Peace.